Hello and welcome. This is Diane Lake, your host, and I'm going to be sharing how you can understand and apply the prophetic through practical terms, practical ways, and practical means that make it relevant to everyday life so that you can prepare the way for the Lord's purposes to manifest in the earth. This is Preparing the Way, That Practical Prophetic. Hello, you guys. Welcome to Episode 4, which I've titled Overcoming Demonic Oppression. Now, in previous episodes, we've been talking about four key areas that I had not heard anyone else talking about previous to the time in my early 40s I've mentioned where I began to discover the presence and power of the Lord. Up until that time, I kind of thought he was MIA in my life. wasn't answering my prayers. I was miserable. My testimony was shared in episode one. You can go back and catch that if you missed it. So in almost every episode, I've mentioned these areas. Ungodly beliefs and mindset is number one. We talked about that more at length in episode one. Number two is generational sins and the resulting curses. Number three is deliverance, which we're going to be talking about today. And number four is soul spirit hurts, which we covered last time in episode three. I shared about that and gave you some tools so that you could overcome in your own life unhealed soul and spirit hurts. I do want to mention a ministry called Restoring the Foundations, led by Chester and Betsy Kilstra. I believe I mentioned them in episode one, but I am getting some of the material I'm using from there, and I will give you the website in the show notes at cpn.com at the end of this episode. And they are actually the ones who I first learned more in depth about these areas. By the time I took their class, um, Chester and Betsy taught this class that I took for college credit. It was geared towards ministers. And at that time, I began to see that they had a real strength in this area. They were very Bible-based and Holy Spirit-led. I loved that combination. So also, if you want more in-depth material, you can go to their website. And they even hold classes and train ministers and that kind of thing. So we ourselves at Starfire Ministries, don't we don't specialize in these four areas, but it's important to me to talk about them in the beginning of our podcast. I'm not really sure where all the Holy Spirit is going to go. Um, At least I have to wait for direction before I'll give you an episode. If I don't have any direction, you won't have an episode that week. That's just kind of how I do it. But these are basic practical tools. Remember our whole premise of preparing the way the practical prophetic is that we want to get deeper into God's presence, his mind, his heart. We want to hear his voice. We want to make it known to others. We want to prepare his way. Well, if you haven't taken care of these areas, at least in some measure, you're not going to hear as clearly. And remember, we talked about there's three sources of voices in in our heads, in our dreams, you know, wherever your thoughts come from. It's either ourselves out of the spirit of man. It's either demonic or it's God. So the less you have of this other stuff, the more clearly you will hear. All right, so today's topic, demonic oppression. Well, I define deliverance or demonic oppression not in spooky terms by any means, but simply as the pressure we might feel from sources that we know are not God to either get us to sin 
or to keep us bound up in limitations. So, of course, we know that Christ ministered at times deliverance in more extreme conditions. And, and it isn't that it's not out there. But for the most part, what we're dealing with practically for ourselves and we're not specializing here, remember. We're just trying to eliminate this pressure that we know is not God coming against us to get us to do what we don't want to do and keep us all bound up in limitations. Remember, I've shared with you, I had extreme withdrawal for many, many, many years. Couldn't function around people. Okay, he was limiting me, the devil, Satan, whomever, because... I couldn't speak. I couldn't do the things I was called to do. So that manifests in different ways, obviously, for different people. Acts 10.38 is a verse I love. It says that Jesus was anointed by God with power and the Holy Spirit, and Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. And I shared with you, I was pressed. I was oppressed, depressed, and repressed. And I know there are many people in that condition. And there is a way to get free and to get help. Now, these four areas that I keep talking about are very interrelated. It's almost impossible to deal with one without overlapping into at least one other. And sometimes they're all wrapped up together. So it's a very, very complex subject, and I'm just touching at this point anyway on the basics. So I don't know, sometimes we might go back and pick up another more in-depth lesson. I'll see what the Lord has in mind. But for starters, let's just say that when these four get intertwined in some form of a stronger force, a negative force, we might refer to that as a demonic stronghold. So let me give you a demonic stronghold definition or explanation. You could think of a demonic stronghold as a structure composed of a foundation provided by sins of the fathers and resulting curses. It might have walls and towers and rooms that are constructed out of things like our own sins, our ungodly belief structures, remember we talked about that in episode one, and things like unhealed soul and spirit, wounds and hurts, and demonic oppression, which is kind of its own grouping, but also springs from these other areas. So we mentioned in the last episode about doors. Interestingly enough, I taught about the three doors I saw in scripture and that Jesus was the true door open before us. So you're going to be familiar with this verse out of Genesis 4-7, speaking of doors. In this passage, of course, we talked about the Lord speaking to Cain. He told him if he did the things which were right in God's eyes, he would be accepted. If he did not, the Lord continues in Genesis 4-7 by saying that sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. So in a similar fashion, Doors open through sin invite demonic presence into our lives. But doors that are open to God through obedience invite blessing in. So we can have doors of cursing almost, if you would, or you could call it the effects of sin, and doors of blessing. So we can almost summarize this principle of doors by saying, obedience to God, opportunity, and blessing. That's one door disobedience to God, that sin curses the effects of sin, death. Okay, pretty simply. So demonic oppression is a door in effect that has been opened 
in some fashion. Usually there's an open door or you're not going to have a demonic pressure against you in most cases. Things like sins of the fathers, generational curses, unhealed soul spirit hurts, our own sins kind of a thing. Remember I shared in, uh, was it last time, episode three, I think, about my mother's and two brothers' traumatic death at my age, I think I was 17. That created an opportunity for that spirit of withdrawal to come in stronger than ever because, well, let's say it's it's hard to, to say, where does this start? Well, my mom was shy, so I was shy. I was a lot like her. So probably an open door there through the generations. Then at some point in my life, like early teen years, I just decided I was kind of a shy person and I just let myself kind of fall into that quiet category. That was just kind of who I was. So I began to identify as shy. Now I've got a mindset that I'm shy. I'm agreeing with myself that I'm shy, right? Whether God says it in his word or anywhere else, that's just what I'm thinking. So now we've got ungodly mindsets. Now along comes this traumatic accident and people are coming up to me at the memorial service and I just freeze. Like they're saying stuff like, well, I'm so sorry to hear of the accident. I'm so sorry your mom died, that kind of thing. And I was in no way equipped to deal with that. I did not know what to say. I didn't know what to say or, you know, thank you, whatever. I was just way too raw and hurting. So I'm like, okay, it's easier to stay away from people. So now I'm beginning to act on my beliefs. I'm shy. I can't deal with people. I got an unhealed wound. And it just opened the door. So by the time I was at my worst, there was a demonic manifestation. Now, this is going to sound weird, but sometimes you can know when you're manifesting, but you don't know what it is. So what would happen to me? Okay, I'm in a circle. I'm going to give my name, right? Or supposed to give my name just who I am, just my name, maybe not even anything else. I'm physically trembling and my voice is shaking. Okay, that's not normal. <laughs> you know, when you see something, some pattern in your life that you know is not normal and it's not God, like no one else's voice is shaking. I mean, somebody might be shy, but they're not like that. See, that's a sign that somehow the demonic has gotten an open door and they're pressing down on you in a way that is so not normal that you're wondering, why am I like this? Because I, I got like that. I'm like, what happened and how did I get here? I literally had no idea. So I hope this is making sense because you're going to have to visualize what it is in your life. It won't be the same. All right, so you already know I mentioned that I had horrible migraines, and they really got bad as I got into my early adult years, my 20s. I'd be in bed for days. Doctors told me there was nothing they could do. The medicine I tried didn't work. Um, it just, you know, I had to suffer, suffer, suffer. But by the time I was in my early 40s, um, I had noticed a pattern. I remember this woman named Karen. Uh, I was hanging around her at this point. She was spirit-filled, and she seemed to know God and had so much. I mean, I just couldn't stay away. It was like a moth to a flame. I just wanted to try to absorb what she had and be more like her, hang out around her or whatever. And, and uh, so she... Um, you know, slowly began to do some ministry with me as the Holy Spirit would reveal it. And uh, she said something about headaches one time, or I did. And I said, you know, there's something kind of funny about those headaches. They tend to always happen on special occasions, or when my family and I want to go camping, like when our kids were young, we used to do that. 
Um, my birthday, I would often wake up on my birthday with a headache, like just odd things. And in fact, even after I was spirit filled and ordained in ministry, like if we were having a special ministry conference, um, in fact, one of those times I'll mention later, uh, I didn't get to go because I woke up with such an oppressive headache. I simply could not attend. So it was like I could tell that there was this intent to ruin special things. Now, when you see that happening, that can be a demonic pattern. Like you'd be hard pressed to explain to anybody like that this is real. But of course, you know, in your life, if it is. And so uh, this woman, Karen, she had quite a gift. She could kind of see things. I'm going to tell you a short story so that I can tell you why you can count on me saying I saw something or she saw something. I hope I'm not confusing you too bad. Okay, so Karen, she could see things. One time we were um, praying through someone's house that was in our church. We had a small church and we used to take do little field trips sometimes and they had had a new house they'd bought and they kind of wanted the ministry team, some of the main church members. Again, it was a small church. We were going to go just bless the house and pray around the grounds kind of and Karen got outside, and um, she was kind of walking around and praying. And when we all got back together, she looked at the owners of the house, and she said, Is there anything that happened uh, in your lives about a dead dog? So I think by this time, they'd been in the house a couple months. And the husband just got the biggest eyes, and his his face just, like you could tell, he, she had just said something, touched a nerve, and, well, she had seen in her spirit, in her mind's eye, this dead dog laying off to the side of this um, little ravine behind their house. Turns out that the husband had shot the dog and told the wife that it had run off because for some reason he felt like it was vicious and threatening the kids. His wife was an animal lover. He knew she'd never get rid of it, so he just basically disposed of the dog. And uh, so that all came out right there. So when I tell you that my... Uh, mentor Karen could see something that's kind of what we were dealing with she had a special and unique gift well, one time she said to me I see like uh, a hand on the back of your neck like just squeezing she said I have a sense that that's some sort of a demonic pressure you know and I was like oh well, that's pretty much what it feels like it just felt like my neck was in this vice grip you know so um, she had prayed for me, obviously, and there were different times over the years I would get prophetic ministry at places available, but they never got any better. They never went away. Um, it seemed like, you know, from the time I was in my early 40s, we were already years down the road at the point that I want to tell you this little story here. So let's say it's my mid-40s now, and I'm already ordained as a pastor, of course, I'm spirit-filled now, and I have quite, had quite a bit of deliverance and generational healing. And so we decide, um, my mentor, and I can't remember, she did remarry at one point. I don't know if she was remarried then. But anyway, Alan and I and her at least were at this prophetic healing and deliverance conference as ministers. And to my surprise, the opening minister decided to talk about Freemasonry. And I didn't know what Freemasonry really was, and I had no idea. Um, really whether anybody in my background was associated with it but something began to happen like I began to manifest something and I knew that Holy Spirit in the way he works with me was really wanting me to pay attention so um, the meeting got over 
And wouldn't you know, a migraine set in, a really bad one. And I was very sick and in bed, but I decided to drag myself to the meetings the next day because I just sort of had a feeling that I could get help somehow if I could hang in there and get to these meetings. Um, well, I didn't last long. I had sat down in the meeting and I was just so ill that I actually had to get up and run for the exit to vomit. I didn't make it all the way. I actually threw up on this one poor usher's shoes, to be honest. And if you can imagine, this is pretty humbling because I was a minister. <laughs> But really, um, through all that, there was some some um, deliverance teams on hand, and they prayed for me, um, and they were able to tell from the Holy Spirit that, sure enough, there was Masonic blood oaths in my background. I have no idea that there was or who it was exactly. There was ritualistic curses. Um, Ben, my background, tarot card reading. These are all things, if you've got a cult or um, a cultic or Freemasonry or anything in your background, you might not even know it. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because a lot of these things that manifest in generations and families can be tied down to some of these things. And I'm going to just kind of weave some things in and out so that that you can get help too, because I don't want to just tell you my testimony and leave you there. That's not going to do you any good. But um, anyway, with these headaches, I'll, I'll pick that thread back up in a little bit here. With these headaches, I had always felt like they were deeply rooted in generational issues. You know, my mother had them, and actually I had a, a paternal uncle who had them too. Eventually, I just had to get to a place of rest. In fact, I even felt like the Lord shared in a dream one time with me just just to give it a rest, like just be focusing on interceding for others. Stop praying for myself so much about the headaches all the time. It's like Jesus is an intercessor for us, right? We know that from Romans. He cries out for us. He wants us to model that. So I just had to rest. I'd done everything I could do. I'd prayed every prayer. I'd taken every opportunity for ministry I could. Um, so I just had to let it go. Well, then one night, four or five years later after this, unexpectedly, I heard the Lord's voice one time in the night. And I just heard him say, I'm burning the headaches off of you and you will not have them anymore. Now, that really got my attention when he said, I'm burning them off of you. Because I was like, now, wait a minute. Didn't Karen give me a scripture? Um, I had to actually go find my old Bible where I had written in a date next to these verses and Sure enough, six and a half years earlier from when I heard that voice in the night, um, this friend of mine, this prophetic friend and mentor, Karen, had given me Matthew 3, 11 and 12, specifically Matthew 3, 12, and said, I feel like the Lord says these are for your headaches. Now, I think she gave me that verse after I missed an important conference. Remember, I told you I used to miss things. And she kind of felt bad, and her and a couple other visiting ministers had come out and kind of prayed with me and you know I don't know they were just really thoughtful that way so when you pick this scripture up in part way through verse 11 this is Matthew 3 John the Baptist was speaking of Jesus and he said he will come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire verse 12 says his winnowing fork is in his hand he will clear his threshing floor Gather up the wheat into the barn and burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And you know what? Six and a half years later, that verse manifested in my life, and the headaches were gone from that time on. 
So I have found that when you have a deeply rooted stronghold, sometimes you have to just work it till you have a point where you have prayed about it, got ministry, done everything you can do, and let it go and let the Lord do that breakthrough for you. Because obviously I was working with something very, very complex. Um, and I'm going to pray a prayer using those verses at the end with you too. But I wanted just to say that when you have something so complex, don't get discouraged because there was another time when this uh, same woman had prayed with me about something very complex. And remember, I said, I learned to trust if she saw something. She usually, she is usually pretty accurate. And she had this impression that angels were kind of like pulling chains out of my body, like, like there was something so bound into the fabric of the families in the past and my own. It's like, if you see the Lord can't do everything all at once sometimes. It's like, picture if you would like a, a garment, you've got a piece of cloth. And you know, sometimes if you pull the wrong thread, everything's going to come apart. Like it's just too interwoven. Just picture it that way. Sometimes the Lord can't just lift one thing out without disturbing other things. So it's going to take a little time. I don't have like the perfect illustration, but some of this is kind of, you can picture in your mind. Another application might be that, you know, you're not going to get rid of all demonic oppression at once. Think of it like an onion. There's kind of layers sometimes that the Lord has to work in. It's like the first thing the Lord ever did was deliver me of that spirit of withdrawal. Boom. One night it was just gone. And then other things took longer. And it was just like a, a step at a time. Um, there's a, a verse in, um, let me find it here in my notes. Um, well, I thought it was in my notes anyway. Yep, there it is. Luke 11, 24 to 26. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself and goes in and lives there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. Okay, so that's not a scary thing. It's What it's just saying is that we have to grow into uh, some of these areas so that we can hold the ground, right? Remember, these are interrelated areas. So let's say um, you get some deliverance in an area, but you haven't reformulated the mindset that lets you get there in the first place. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Or that you haven't addressed the generational issues that are opening the door for that. That's why it's hard to minister in one of these without all. But that doesn't mean you, you need to get discouraged because... Um, it's just a process. Like everything in the spirit is a process. Remember we did an episode, I think it was two. Life in the spirit is day by day, day by day, day by day. And then you look back at some point and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm way better off. I am a different person because it's just not going to happen all at once, okay? All right, so I don't want to bog down too much in this, but I want to give you a little bit more to work with. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to focus like on fem Freemasonry in this episode. Maybe later we'll go back and pick that up because that really is an area you need to ask the Lord about. Um, but I, do say, I will say this. If 
something like occultic freemasonry any of these are working in your background you're going to have some signs not just those things but that's kind of the typical things so there are seven classic indications of a curse operating in your family line okay i'm going to give you some symptoms that are you're going to go okay maybe i better check this out a little more closely when several of these problems are present or when any of them tend to overlap and recur repeatedly, there's probably a curse operating down through the generations. All right, you ready? Here's the list I'll give you. Number one, mental and or emotional breakdowns. Number two, repeated or chronic sicknesses, especially if hereditary, like my migraines were. Number three, barrenness, a tendency to miscarry or related female problems. Number four, breakdown of marriages and family alienation. Five, continuing financial insufficiency. Six, being accident prone. Seven, a history of suicides, unnatural, untimely deaths. My mom had a premature death, and I do believe there had been that coming down in the lines, and that's something that we've broken. So again, a lot of deliverance happens in layers, like an onion, or think of the fabric. You can't necessarily jerk something out of there all at once. You might have to work it out slowly. And just trust the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. Remember, I keep reading that scripture from Luke to you, Luke 11. Um, it talks about ask. You've got to ask. It is the Father who gives good gifts and will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who works in us. We can't heal ourselves. We can't do deliverance ourselves without the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, so let me give you some steps to deliverance. And this is just a of overview it's not going to be you know in depth in any means but you know we might come back in more depth on another time so number one steps to deliverance you must know that authority over the demonic has been given to us by christ and that you stand in that authority you have to know who's boss and it is jesus okay <laughs> and the devil is just uh, a bad guy but He's not nothing that Jesus hasn't died for, paid the price for, and has complete authority over. And you, as Christ's ambassador, have his authority. In fact, we are more than that. We are sons, sons and daughters. Mark sixteen seventeen is just one place quickly we'll look. This says, and these signs will accompany those who have believed, and in my name they will cast out demons. That demonic pressure we're talking about. Number two, remember that it is Jesus who delivers. It is through the power of his name. Remember Acts 4.12. I think we read that last episode. There is no other name given among men, under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. And part of our salvation process, the ongoing process of abundant life, is that we are delivered from demonic oppression. Okay? And number three, kind of already talked about this, we must remain dependent on the Holy Spirit. Let him guide you. You know, pray about it. Lord, what is it in my life? What is the pattern? What is the stronghold? What is it that you would like to work on? Ask him. And then, of course, if you're able, get some prophetic insight from other people as well who are in your sphere, um, you know, maybe they're in your church. And if they're not, just get some resources. In fact, I promise I'll give you some more at the end of this in the show notes 
Um, and in particular, one article that comes off of our website, I will post that at the end so that you can go back and look at that. Now, I will say, too, another closing kind of final thought, that forgiveness comes into play here. Any kind of demonic presence or influence, any oppression in your life from a demonic source will cling to any hidden or unconfessed sin of yours, or if you're harboring unforgiveness towards other people. So it's very important to make sure that you yourself have repented all that you know of and forgiven others as much as possible. Now again, if it's something, you know, if there's abuse, there's some sort of gross misjustice, that's not easy to do. But confess it with your mouth. Tell the Lord, help, you know, tell him, ask him, help me to forgive this person and do it with the understanding that they didn't know what they were doing. If they knew they were hurting you in the way that they had, they never would have done it. So just tailor your prayers for forgiveness that way. And the Lord will help you eventually to come more alongside in your heart with the emotion side of things, not just the words. So I just want to point that out. Okay, so let's close with prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you that your word says in Matthew 3, 11 and 12, when John the Baptist was speaking to Jesus, that he, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, that you baptize us with the Holy Spirit and you baptize us with fire. Thank you that today even the winnowing fork is in your hand and that you will clear out our threshing floor. You will gather the wheat into the barn and burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Lord, we are asking you by the power of the Holy Spirit to burn the demonic influence, burn the demonic oppression, burn anything, Father, that is hindering those listening and holding them back. Burn it off right now in Jesus name and father begin the process of opening our eyes to things we need to deal with to layers of the onion that you want to peel back thank you father that you did not just die to save our souls but you want us whole you want us free you want us free from demonic influence and free to walk unhindered in the power of the Holy Spirit listening to your voice and sharing that life with others. Thank you, Father, and it is in your precious name we ask it. Amen. All right, thanks for joining me once again. Pray that you can really use these tools and move forward in your life of prophetic, of your prophetic journey. Thanks again. Bless you. Thank you for listening to Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your positive review helps the show reach more people with our message. And please visit our website at www.starfireministries.org, where you can donate, read our latest articles, and keep up to date with us on all of our social media sites. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.